podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, what is going on? Welcome back to Leading Edge Cricket. Today is a different feel to the episode. There is no Rich. He's enjoying a well-deserved break somewhere in England. Probably a little bit cold. And I'm going to talk to you about what is yet another England batting collapse. Who would have thought it? Who would have seen it coming? But before we go any further, subscribe if you are brand new around here. You love a bit of cricket content and you love a bit of witty banter between two people, even though you're only getting to see one right now. Now, huge changes coming into this game. England had just fought back. They were 1-0 down. They came back. They won by an innings. They've got the momentum going in the right direction. And we get some changes, not just from England, but from India as well. England very, very happy Chris Wokes coming back into the lineup. First test since 2020. He's been injured. He had a freak injury on his heel. He got rested. Why did he get rested? Why would you ever rest Chris Wokes if he's available to play test cricket for you, especially in England? Don't know why you'd go and do that. Plus, we had the whole COVID isolation and close contact of Moeen Ali when he contracted the virus back in Sri Lanka. So he's missed a whole lot of cricket, not played a whole lot of red ball cricket. But you'll see... It doesn't really matter if you've played much red ball cricket. You can just turn up and do it if you're a very good player. Now, India did decide to roll in some changes. Jadeja would move up the order. He moved up to number five, which is an interesting point here because India have been struggling with their middle order for what feels like the last year, even during the home series against England where they absolutely butchered them. Jadeja, although he does have a really, really fine test match average, has been struggling in this series. Two single-digit scores and one score of 50 doesn't quite live up to the expectations, I think, that we've all got of Jadeja as a batsman in Test cricket. Talking of people struggling, Rahani dropped down the order from 5-6. to six. Not a bad call, giving him a little bit of breathing room. Scores of 5-1, 61-18 and 10 so far in the series. Not doing that great. And Rishabh Pant, the man with so much built on him because of what he did in Australia, the player that he is becoming, has struggled throughout this series and really struggled to work out how to play the swinging ball coming down the track a little bit erratically. We spoke on the podcast about being positive without being reckless and moved down to number seven for this test. Very, very good idea. The crux of it, and we're talking day five, comes down to the fact that England once again have seen their middle order get blown away. It doesn't matter if it's a first innings in India. It doesn't matter if it's a, a second innings at the Oval, the best batting track in the UK we still are in this position. Now, there's a couple of reasons why this has taken place. One, 368 runs to win. It's not too dissimilar to the New Zealand situation where they got absolutely hounded for not even showing any impetus towards trying to have a go at, you know, getting near the target, trying to win a game of cricket, playing negative cricket, watching Dom Sibley bat for four sessions for about 60. This was slightly different. They did play with intent, but... The bowling of the Indian attack was absolutely phenomenal. You look at the match position that you're in. At drinks, England are 109 for one. They've only lost a well-made 50 from Rory Burns, who batted superbly. And having that opening partner that can score runs at the other end is more and more starting to look confident and feel like a real quality test match. Oprah, Hamid went on and made 63. When we got to lunch, it was 131 for two. And at that point, you know England probably aren't going to win the game. But the draw is outshining the fact that India might go and win this. Hamid seemed to lose his head a little bit. He, he got dropped trying to play some awful slog sweep. Not quite sure what he's doing. And for the second time in the series, this time bowling from the other side of the wicket, bowling over the wicket, Jadeja managed to clean him up. 
So a little bit of the question marks about the technique, but you've got to look at it and you've got to go, he's not played Test Match Cricket for a long time. He's coming and shone. Him and Burns have got a really good partnership together. They click well. It's, it's a really interesting dynamic between the two. But left arm spin, remember Kevin Peterson wasn't the best at left arm spin at all time. It comes down to he's going to need more time facing left arm spin and getting better. But a superb delivery from Jadeja, just like it was in the previous test match that went and, that went and cleaned him up. There was a little bit of confusion as well because we saw David Milan get run out. Now, this, this was slightly disappointing. This looks like Hamid was still batting with Rory Burns and they've got that connection straight off the bat and it definitely wasn't here so you can look at it and say that Hamid ran him out or Milan was kind of set on his heels but for me it's it's sacrilege you cannot go and start getting yourself ran out when the mindset looks like it has shifted to oh let's not lose this test match very very disappointing and I think then came there were, there were moments during the test match and there have been moments during the test match series but for me as a cricket fan, the things that I find the most intriguing and fall in love with are the moments where the bowler's got the ball and every single ball that he bowls feels like he's going to get a wicket. There was an amazing spell years ago where a young Dale Stain was bowling at Paul Collingwood in South Africa and all he kept doing was every single ball beating the bat and Collingwood couldn't hit it. Now, difference being that Stain that day didn't run through the team, difference here Jasprit Bumrah gave us one of the finest displays of reverse swing bowling that we've seen in years. This was like, I might be bigging him up a bit too much here. Simon Jones was amazing at reverse swing. And if he didn't have the injuries, he would have been highly touted, highly thought of for, for many, many years. Bumrah was incredible. 142k an hour, 1.2 reverse swing. The ball to Johnny Bairstow swung 2.3 straight back in under the bat unplayable. It was like watching a young Waka Eunice. I don't know why he's Scottish either. The ball to Ollie Pope coming straight back into him. Ollie Pope, who I'm going to get to in a second about his batting, exceptional this test match. Really, really good to see. But you know we spoke about Hamid on the podcast and we spoke about him batting at three and like, why are you putting an opener at three? Put guys in an environment that they have done well in, that they can thrive in, that they're mentally... Uh, capable of being around, and there's not too many changes. Saw that to Hamid, gone back to open and done really well. Ollie Pope, gone away, worked on his technique, got cleaned up by an absolute jaffer. That happens, that's test match cricket. He would have got me out. But you've put him in an environment where he averages 100 at the oval in first-class cricket, which I think is just absolutely start-raving bonkers. So, well done, Ollie Pope, on a good test match, but well done, Jasper Brumra, on absolutely ripping them apart. It took him to 100 test matches, 100 test match wickets as well at 22.95, 25th all-time in terms of average for bowlers with 100 wickets. That's quite a remarkable record when you think he's played some of those games in India on wickets that generally don't do a lot for seamers. So, more power to you, and the wickets just they just started ticking away. Ali, the next man to go. Jadeja with the wicket, caught in short. Not a lot you can do with it, but this is the pressure and the beauty of five test, you know, five day test match cricket. When it goes to the fifth day, when there's multiple results on the table, you've got batsmen round the bat creating opportunities, and it, it brings into question the technique of a player more than anything else that you see in the game. It's, it's quite exquisite to watch. Must see TV if you are a cricket fan. And Moe and Ali goes. England find themselves six down, 150 for six. Joe Rood at the crease and a revitalised, well-rested Chris Wokes at the crease as well. And Kazawa, you've gone from lunch to 
drinks and you've gone down in your 156, but it'll get worse. We know the recession. We've seen it before. We're English cricket fans. We've seen more collapses. England been bowled out five times under 100 in the last four years. That's more than double any other team in Test cricket, and some teams haven't even done it once. England, England are bad at this thing. They're bad. They're a very... They have been a very, very average batting lineup for a long time in Test match cricket, and the numbers don't lie. But when Shardell Thakur went and got Joe Root for 36, that was... There's always a moment where you know, ah, that's that's the last little bit that I was hanging on to was really gone. Just It looked like he just tried to run it down. A shot that he's played so well, literally throughout this series. You look at the amount of runs that Joe Root's gone and scored. 564 runs at an average of 94. A strike rate of 60 is absolutely ridiculous. And there's only a revitalised Shardell Thakur that's absolutely blitzing that with a strike rate of 102. But that was the moment. I thought Thakur was brilliant um, in this, not quite as good as Yadav. I thought Yadav was a, a better inclusion, but Thakur's all-round ability and game-changing ability with the bat. Who says that about Shardul Thakur, that he's got game-changing ability with the bat? But those runs down the order completely changed the dial. Instead of chasing 370, you could have been chasing 300. Completely different shift of mindset, again for the Indian team as well, because if you're 100 for none, chasing 300 they're thinking oh it's only 200 if we lose another session here the game's starting to go away from us they become favorites chasing 370 they're 100 for none and you're like well they need 270 they wouldn't knock off 270 normally so <laughs> let's just keep going and the, the wickets kept coming yeah i've got chris wokes and we're, we're eight down and then we're just into the recession craig overton got a really good ball from yadav in fact, I don't think I spoke about Thakur's wicket of Rory Burns, how beautiful it was at the start. The way he just managed to square him up and nick off, it was a it was a thing of beauty. And Jimmy Anderson was the last man out, Yadav with the wicket. He did call for the review, didn't come to anything. India, much deserved, 368, slightly too far for England to try and travel. India win by 157 runs and fair play to them. This is... Quite the remarkable victory that I'm going to get into why they deserve so much credit. We spoke on the podcast throughout this series about India's bounce-back ability, about their resilience, the robustness of what they do, and the mindset they've got when they go into games that they're never out of it. We saw it in Australia. We saw a broken, depleted Indian team. It wasn't India A playing, or the Indian best test team that you could get. It was guys trying to make the way, and you've got guys like Mohamed Siraj, Going taking Pfeiffer with a new ball in the fourth test at the Gabba Timpane, at the Gabba where you said they'll see them, and India came and absolutely rinsed you. They knocked them off. Rishabh Pant got big runs. Now, for teams being overseas, teams playing away, scoring less than 200 in the first innings, and being put into bat, this is only the 13th time in the history of Test cricket that it's actually taken place. Now, it doesn't happen very often. In fact, twice since 1979, it has taken place. Three times now it's taken place. Sri Lanka against New Zealand in 1995. New Zealand again, Australia at Hobart in 2011, winning by seven runs. And now this Indian team doing as, as well. It's, it's just an absolutely mon monumental effort. And I think it's the second time India have won two test matches in England since the 1990s. So more power to them. They've got problems with their batting lineup at the moment. But the difference between this Indian team and previous Indian teams over the last 20 years is the bowling attack 
is world class and they've made changes they've they've not been scared to make the changes like you could look at Ishant Sharma and you go well I can't really go and change an Ishant Sharma can I because it's it's Ishant Sharma the guy's got 300 test wickets what do I do well actually no they've gone balls out they've put the balls on the table and they've gone these are the changes that we're going to make and you know there was a time in this test where they were 127 for 7 in that first innings 127 for 7 on the first day and still managed to get up to 191 and if we roll down this is me scrolling if we roll down to the second innings they were in a similar position 5 for 296 312 for 6 when Coley got out and still managed to add on another 154 runs for the last four wickets I can't tell you how good that is my stats don't show it in the spreadsheet that had it I've lost but in terms of your number 8 to number 11 averaging runs in Test Match Cricket, this is the worst year since I started tracking them with stats from the year 2000. So they are way above what is expected of a tail end in this Test Match. It's a, it's a phenomenal, a, just a phenomenal performance that started, you know, English cricket fan here, day one, you, you've, you've won the toss, you've put the batsman in, you've got Wokes, you've got Jimmy. You've got Robinson, who is absolutely flying as a test cricketer at the moment. We all want to see what he does on a slightly different deck. This is a slightly different deck, and I thought he gave great control. He gave everything that he's given on pitch to offer a little bit more favour to the bowlers. I've seen that for him. The issue I've got with this England attack is they did seem a little more reluctant on this wicket to go with Craig Overton. Not sure why. Don't know if we're preempting that he might be just a, an English bowler at the moment or needs a little bit more development overseas. Either way, I think he will tour Australia. I think we need him unless we've got a barrage of fast bowlers coming back from injury. But it, it, it was something to look out for. A little bit of favouritism going on. But I think when you've got Wokes in the form that he's been, he got 4 for 55 and was absolutely phenomenal. Got Rohit Sharma in the first innings who's having a... Uh, just a fantastic year, second best year with the with the bat in Test match cricket at the moment. He's absolutely superb. Got Jadeja, uh, got Rishabh Pant out, got Shardell Thakur out. The dangerous Shardell Thakur for fifty seven. It was it was a great performance. But again, talking of resilience from this Indian team, they were four for sixty nine. Then there's a little bit of a stand going on. Virat Kohli makes fifty, a, a well. Deserved 50 as well. He's had a pretty rough series, but his scores are trending in the right direction. 0, 42, 27, 55, and now 50. He's starting to get the groove coming back, and you can see it. There's moments where he's absolutely penciling the ball. Straight drives, cover drives, flicking it off his legs. He just looks a million dollars. But there's just something going on around off stump that is it's one of those things in test cricket. Good bowlers will get wickets, and you have no divine right to go and score runs every time you go and bat. You've got to earn the right, and I don't know if it's switching off, being overconfident. Not He definitely doesn't leave the ball, in my opinion, as well as some other players. Maybe that's playing into it, and England are just really precise about their bowling. They're trying not to give him too much. However, I've started to see a little bit more free-flowing Kohli over the course of this test match, so well played to him. They got themselves in a decent position. But then the Shardell Thakur show. You've gone from 127 for 7. He smashes it. He goes. The next scores 190 for 8. And only 7.5 overs have actually just passed by. It's, it's an incredible knock. Um, 191 all out. 61 overs. 
Robinson, superb. KO Rahul out, Coley out, Bummer out. Um, just fantastic. Fantastic performance from Robinson. He has been probably the best bowler of the series so far. 21 wickets against India in a blockbuster five-test match series is an incredible record. Average of 21. 2.69 um, economy rate. Doesn't put him at the top, but his two five-wicket hauls, especially in an early early career, is quite exceptional. You look at Jimmy, 15 wickets at 24 with an economy of 2.26. That's very, very Jimmy-like and quite incredible that at the age of 39, he can he, he can keep, keep doing this. So India had a few overs. They got the new ball out, had a go at England, and they actually came away from it quite well here, I thought. Um, 53 runs down, or 53 runs scored for three wickets at the end of the day. <sighs> Jasper Bummer again. We've talked about him. He's bloody brilliant, isn't he? Two for 67 in this innings. But it's, I sometimes feel that when you talk about wickets and you go, oh, this guy got two wickets, this guy got three wickets. Not all wickets have the same weight. You've just got an England opening partnership that's gone and done well in the previous test. It looks like they've got stuff together. Hasib Hamid plays an absolutely horrendous shot. Awful shot. Tempting cut shot. He's cut well. He's cut well throughout you know, the last test. Let's not talk about the first test, first ball. But it, it was a little bit disappointing. But it does show maybe a change of mentality around this England opening pair. Like We've seen them rotate the strike really, really well. We've seen them be positive without being reckless. This fell in a little bit of the reckless category, given what was going on. Rory Burns then went and dragged on from, from Jasper Bumray. He goes for five. And then the big one, Yadav, is on an absolute roll. Sharma takes an absolute screamer. And Yadav, fresh into the test match, gets the wicket of inform Joe Root. Not just inform, best player in the world inform Joe Root. Gets one to nip back into him. 52 for three. We go off for the day. It's... um. It's, it's a great day's test cricket. You, you sat at day one, you're thinking, wow, England have got it. And this is, you don't get this. You don't get this with different shorter test matches. You play two test matches, you don't get the ebb and flow. What a test match series this has been. The first test, both all three results on the table when rain hits. Second one, India romp it. Third one, England make changes, fight back, take it, win by an innings, destroy India. India destroy England in the fourth test. It's brilliant. It's what you got India versus Australia, and it's what you're getting now between India and England. It's it's the best format of the game, hands down, and it creates the most drama and just the longer test match series allow people to come in and go out of form. It allows moments to be really, really meaningful and not just forgotten in six months' time. At that time, someone scored a double hundred in Sri Lanka in a one-off test match. It, do, it doesn't have the same ring to it. Not saying that happened, but it doesn't have the same ring to it. Day two, the fight back continues, and it is a miracle win. If, if it's only been done 13 times in... 120, 130, 140, 150 years of Test cricket. It's, it's 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 not the miracle on ice, is it? It's not the miracle on ice, but it's it's bloody hard to do. If I've got a cap, I'm doffing it to you, India. I am doffing it, and it, it didn't start it didn't start well for England. So they started the day three down. They go to drinks, thirty overs in, and the five wickets down. Five wickets down. Finding themselves in a bit of a mess. Overton did come in as night watchman, to be fair. Um, Shortest delivery, throws his hands at it. 
bit bit of a nothing shot. David Milan looked really good in the first game, and he looked really good here. This test match, I'm seeing a player that potentially might have problems nibbling around off stump. Again, Yadav with the wicket. Absolutely incredible. We've got Root, Overton and Milan. Three big wickets. And that's what sets it all right. It's that bowler that can go in and get stuck in and take out your batsman. Not when they're on three or four or zero, but when they're on 20. When they're on 30, they can go and knock them over. It's what we've seen Ollie Robinson do for England. I've been so impressed with how he can get batsmen that are in out. It's, it's a great effort. It really is a great effort. And he's shone. He really shone. And in England showed a bit of bounce back ability here. And this is where we talk about Ollie Pope's first class record. He's got an amazing first class record. Averages about 50. He averages 100 at the Oval. The best batting track in international cricket. He averages 100 in first class cricket. Now, we spoke about Hamid. Put him in the environment that he's comfortable in. Did that, scored runs, looks great. Pope, go play on your home ground, score some runs. Scored 80, 81. Got bowled by um, Shardell Thakur, who gets a little bit of an under edge going onto the stumps. You can say, you can look at things like this and go, it's a little bit unlucky. I can look at it and say, it's probably good bowling. He's worked, it, he's worked around that area and he's forced him to try and do something that he doesn't want to do or he doesn't leave the ball. But for, for Pope, it's... A, Hopefully, the moment. You, every test player has these moments where you're like, yes, that's that's it. That's what we want to see. Maybe this is it. Maybe this is Ollie Pope that we're going to see. Someone that looked confident. He looked more secure about his game. We saw him before the break, or his break, nicking off all the time. Then we saw him in India starting to bat on bloody off stump. You know, he's almost stood on cover points, legs, and then wondering why he's getting out on BMW. He was in a really, really bad place trying to work out his game, work out how do I play this bowling attack. Now, these are different conditions, but 81, really, really solid. Johnny Bairstow down the order, giving the gloves. Averages 37 with the gloves in Test Match Cricket. How many did he score today? 37 off 77 balls. <laughs> LBW, Siraj, Pulls one back into him, absolutely fine. If Bairstow's batting at seven and he averages 37 in test match cricket, I'm really happy. I'm really happy with the, the balance of that England team. What I wouldn't want to see is Bairstow giving the gloves and average 30 batting at number five or number six. As you go down the order, batsmen, they face less balls and they score less runs. That's a fact. That's absolutely fact. Every single year of Test cricket that it takes place, unless you're Adam Gilchrist batting at number seven, smacking thousand runs in the year, at strike rate of 100. That's that's the change. But for me, I'm happy with this version of Johnny Bairstow. I wouldn't be upset if Johnny Bairstow had the gloves for us for a little while. I think he'd score runs in Australia. I think he might quite enjoy it. Moeen Ali provided some resistance. He made 35. And again, the returning Chris Wokes. We've seen Chris Wokes with the bat in England. He scored 137. I might be one or two off on that a couple of years ago. Incredible player in English conditions. Averages 20 with the ball in the last three or four years. Scored 50 here. But it's not just the 50 he scored. It's the rate he scored it. 50 runs from 60 balls. Did get run out in the end from a Bumrah-Pant combination before Robinson went to Jadeja. Bumra two wickets, Yadav three wickets, Shodel Thakur with a wicket, Siraj with a wicket. Jadeja, two for 36 with a 2.11 economy rate. Now, I've been quite critical of Jadeja, not just as a batsman, but as a bowler. I expected more from him. And I've been critical of the Indian team for not picking Ashwin, who averages less than 30 in English conditions, whereas Jadeja generally averages about 40, 42. 
You can't argue with the fact that someone's bowled 17 overs, 2 for 36. You you can't do it. And sure, he got out Moeen Ali. Moeen Ali's not a bad cricketer. We've seen him light up the IPL. We've seen him go do well in test match cricket. And I like him coming in at number 8. He gives depth. If Moeen Ali scores a score of 38, 35 every single test match, batting at number 8, one innings... England aren't going to lose many tests. They lost this one. And Bearsell's good. Okay, but they're not going to lose every single test match they play in. So, Jadeja, more more power to you. I think that's a, a really, really strong performance. Day three, moving day. It's where you saw the pitch generally start to take shape. There were some great stats coming out from the Crickvis analyst on, on Twitter about day three, day four being the best batting days there's been on a day three, day four wicket in the world of test cricket over the last three years. It's um, quite incredible, but that's test match cricket. Not everyone is going to be a green seamer. Not everyone's going to be a Bunsen burner turning round corners. Sometimes the batsmen have just got to roll back to about 2002, 2003 and play on a nice flat deck and enjoy batting. Enjoy batting? They bloody loved it. Rohit Sharma, 127 off 256 balls, looked absolutely incredible. Now, there's talk of Rohit Sharma. And you go, he's a makeshift opener. Rohit Sharma is not a bloody makeshift opener. Rohit Sharma is one of the best openers in test match cricket. you got the straight eyes then because you know I mean it. He is absolutely incredible. His home record is brilliant. Okay, He averages 79 at home in test match cricket. Now, that's from 2013 to 2021. If you take every opener in test match cricket from 2013 to 2021, they average 37 that, my friends, is 42 points higher than the average. A 42 average is good. He's 42 runs per innings above the average. That's incredible. And then you go, oh, he's not very good away from home. I'm going to dispel that myth. Rohit Sharma averages 31 away from home, which is below the general test match opening average of 37. But from 2013 to 2021... Opening batsman away from home averaged 29.97, which puts him one point above it, which means he is an average test match opener away from home and possibly the best test match opener in home conditions. I'm going to, I'm going to go through the stats on this at another time. Of the last eight years, definitely, but maybe way, way in front of that, getting back to the great Aussie teams of the early 2000s. He is playing that good. He averages 46 overall in Test Match Cricket. What more do you want? If anyone comes at me and says, Rohit Sharma is not a Test Match opener, you need to wash your mouth out. Talking of makeshift openers and people that don't think should be in the Indian team, Kate Rahul batted well again, made 46. Jimmy Anderson got him, nicked off in the end to Bairstow. But for a guy who, there's privy sure, there's Shubman Gill. There's all, all these great Indian players around trying to be the opener for, for India. Rohit Sharma's got one nailed down. He's got it on lockdown, bro. 84, 26, 129, 508. And then you're starting to worry. And he goes in and makes a really, really solid 46 in this test match. And looks really, really good. Pajara comes in. Again, a man that has been incredibly short of form. 4, 12, not 9, 45, 1. 91 in the last test match. And you've started to see a, a mindset shift that I can't believe I'm going to use um, Checheswar Pajara and Dom Sibley in the same sentence. Sibley wasn't able to go from I'm drowning in dot balls to scoring runs. 
Pajara's playing the most free-fluid cricket I think I've seen him play in his life. He's putting away the bad balls. He's being aggressive. Um, he's being positive. Not aggressive. Uh, positive. He's not being reckless. He's being positive. He's being really proactive about scoring runs, not just batting time. Maybe that's a hangover from playing county championship cricket in England on absolute shit decks against someone bowling 73 mile an hour. Fair play to him. 61 runs, batted superbly. Robinson, the man that got him. Robinson, the man that keeps getting people out that are scoring runs. Robinson, the man that got Rohit Sharma out for 127 just after the new ball was taken. It was an absolute awful shot. Rohit Sharma scores a lot of runs playing pull shot. 237 for three. Brought in Jadeja. Jadeja made 17 LBW to Wokes. A very, very close one. It, it's out. If, if the umpire says it's out and it goes upstairs, it's out. Four down. Five down. Rahani goes. He's in the mire, isn't he, Rahani? He is batting absolutely terrible. 109 runs at an average of 15. One score of 50. One duck. He is, he's not in a very good position whatsoever. 5 for 296. So we're into the fourth day. Those wickets have gone down. For, the fourth day is the one that Crickviz came out and said two things. One, the longest and away size batted at the Oval second inning since 1991. Well batted. And two, the flattest day four pitch in world cricket since 2018. Well, someone's got to bat on it. So England get them get them five down. 296 for five. Remember, there's a 99-run lead, so you, you're chasing 190-odd here, and you're hoping you get through them. They get to lunch, 329 for six. Cole is gone. Absolutely massive wicket. Moeen Ali picks him up, caught at slip. Brilliant bowling. It's Coley getting caught at slip again, and it's the sixth time that Moeen Ali has got him out. Why? Why Moeen Ali? I have no idea. And this is, this is where the game... Changes. Completely changes. 329 for six. You fast forward an hour, you get to drinks. 375 for six off 131 overs. In 13 overs, they've added 50 runs. Pants up to 37. Not batting reckless, batting positively. I really like to see this evolution of his game in these conditions. They were more favourable batting conditions, but he, he was smarter. He was smarter about what he was doing. And Shardell Thakur moved on to 36. All of a sudden, Thakur is the greatest batsman of all time. You look at his average, 190 runs in Test Match Cricket, an average of 38, 350s. He's played 66 first-class games, 90 innings, not even scored 1,500 runs, average is 17 and 950s. He is way above expectation of what he should be able to do as a Test Match Cricketer, but hey... If the man's hitting it and he hits a clean ball, let him go. Let him smack the ball. And England don't really know what to do when he's doing it just yet. They don't know whether to bowl short, full, top of off. And they just end up going around the park. So more more power to you. Rishabh Pant batted really well. He got to 50, 106 balls before Moeen Ali. Got him incredible caught and bowled. And I love the nonchalant nature. Gets absolutely penciled back to him. Catches the ball. Tosses it off. And has picked up an absolutely huge wicket. 414 um, for 8 at this point because that call's gone. And you can, you can see we're, we're up to 313. But even from this point, 414 for 8, they still managed to add another 50-odd runs. Umesh Yedav smacks 25 off 23. Jasper Brummer, his rise to prominence as a number 10 is absolutely insane in this series. I'm sure he's, he was averaging 3 before this series. 
and then you look at him at this series, and he's um he's brilliant. He averages 17, 87 runs, a strike rate of 58. He's going absolutely bonkers. He scored more runs than Moe Nally. He scored more runs than Curran, more runs than Butler. Yeah, he's played one more test, but they're guys you'd say are batsmen. Bummer is outshining them, not just with the ball in the reverse swing, but just outshining them in general. Siraj, 3 not out, 466 a score. Leaves England way too many to chase. 368 for the win, and Hasib and Burns have an absolute exceptional fourth day. They bat really positively, sensibly, put away the bad ball. Hamid, 43, Burns, 31. At the close of play, and this is where we started the conversation, going into that day, all results are on the table. England needed another 290 to win, call it. And wickets do it. Wickets build pressure. And India, you've got to say, were the better team. They were the better team for the, the longevity of the Test match. Even when they got rolled for 191 in 60 overs, that could have been so much worse. That could have been 130 all out, 140 all out. But resiliency... The word we use around this Indian Indian team at the moment, resiliency, Thakur with 57. You see England the next day, they're already three down. England go and make 290. You get to the next day, next inning, sorry, and Sharma, 127, Rahul, 46, Pajara, 61, Kohli, 44. All top fours chipped in. And then Pant at seven, Thakur at eight, 110 runs between them is absolutely game-changing and gives India a 2-1 lead going into a final test match at Old Trafford. Now, Rohit Sharma did pick up man of the match for his performance and it was an incredible century. But I don't think you can look past Shardul Thakur's impact of two scores of 50 as well as picking up some wickets in the contest as well. 154, 2 for 22, 57 and a 60 for a man that's only had three test matches prior to this game. His batting average was spoke about 38. He now has 14 wickets at an average of 22, which is an absolutely incredible feat. Um, Superb performance and the bravery of the team to go in and make those changes. Their batting lineup is a bit skew-whiff, having someone like Jadeja at 5, but... They've made it work for them with runs down the order. Can they go and rely on those runs every time? No, you can't because that's the nature of Test Match Cricket. You, your number 8 to 11 doesn't always average those runs. So I think you've got to take it with a pinch of salt. Enjoy it while you've got it. And it sets up a really intriguing fifth Test Match, which we will be doing a preview for. Rich will be back for that one. He's enjoying his break. But there are some things that I want to highlight. Some things I want to highlight on this one. Chris Wokes. What an incredible player. Superb to add him to the team. I think in an ideal world, your bowling attack, if something changes for the third test, would see uh, Overton as the one that, that doesn't play. And you'd have someone that's got a bit of fire and you know piss and vinegar about them that can really get after the, after the players. Root had a quiet test match. He still averages 94 in the series. Still 564 runs. Rohit Sharma is now averaging 52 with the bat in this series, two fifties, three, uh, sorry, one century. Superb record, 368 runs. Kale Rahul, 315 runs. Then there's a drop-off, but the drop-off is to the Indian batsman, not the English batsman, and this is the problem. It's, 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 a, it's a time and time again conversation, and, and I did a huge England batting thread tweet. The top one to seven is averaging the worst 
since 2000, this is the worst average for 1-7 to in English Test cricket in that 21-year period. It's the worst for an opener, worst for a number three, worst for the middle order. Joe Root is absolutely having, in that time, runs, uh, runs and average above your team's average is the second highest ever, only behind Ian Bell's incredible 2011 where he scored hundreds against Sri Lanka and I think three in the Ashes uh, against Australia, 950 runs. His average above the average was about 80 or 90. It was incredible. So Root's having an absolutely lights-out year. But it goes Sharma, Rahul, Pajara, Kohli. Those guys aren't having the best series. Pajara and Kohli are not having their best series, but they're getting up to where they're averaging 31-32. That's serviceable in English conditions, especially given the team that you're playing against. Then you're looking at, you've got Bairstow averaging 26. You've got Burns averaging 26. Then you go Jadeja Pant. Then you've got Hamid averaging 28, which... You know, take away that first test, it's a little higher. I think he's done really well as a as an opener. But David Milan, 106 runs, averaging 35, not bad. Ollie Pope's coming in averaging 40. So hopefully the changes that England have made are the positive ones for ne- next test match as well. Because we saw the slow start they've had. The averages are low, but we've seen the changes. You, you've got Lawrence gone, you've got Crawley gone, you've got Sibley gone, you've got Butler gone. You know, different reason for Butler and... Uh, well done, Jot. It just creates a really interesting narrative. England have one test match left before they try and pick a team to go and play the Ashes, if the Ashes even go ahead. Australia are absolutely licking their lips at the thought of playing this England team, especially when it included players like Dom Simbley, uh, Zach Crawley and Dan Lawrence. Now, there's a change. I think we've got a better, a better top six. It's not a world-class top six. There's a little bit of a way to go. So again, we'll finish this by going India. One of 13 teams to win away from home after being put in and bowled out for less than 200. Quite remarkable performance. Resilience, bouncing back, just strengthening numbers. Great leadership from Kohli. He really does inspire and bring out the best of his players. I love the passion that he's he's got for the game. It's, it's visual who is in charge of that team on the field. And people follow people like that. Even when he's not averaging 50, 60, 70. He averaged 70 in Test cricket for about three or four years. Even when he's not doing that, he's still leading and leading well. And uh, they've, they've rung the changes and the changes have worked. It's an amazing comeback. Sharma, man of the match. But it, it could have gone to Thakur. It could have gone to Jasper Bumrah for that spell. You look at the moments of the match. The moments were won by India. Twice, Shardell Thakur. Rohit Sharma's century. Jasper Bumrah's spell. It's, um, it's, a, it's a brilliant performance. And that's going to do it, guys. That's going to do it. Fair play, India. England, as an England cricket fan, it's, it's more of the same, isn't it? It's the more of a... that that You knew it was going to happen, but you kind of don't want it to. So, But we are set. And it's the beauty of the game. Fifth test match. This week, middle of bloody September. Get your jumpers out, lads. It's going to be bloody cold. And it's a huge thing for England. Looking at Michael Appleton, shout out to Michael Appleton. His Twitter feed is absolutely on fire, at Michael Appleton. Um, Kiwi, feels like the guy doesn't sleep, he's always tweeting. But if England don't win this fifth test, it will have lost consecutive test series at home for the first time this century. That 
is a very, very proud record. We have a very good record at home. During that period, the last time we lost was Sri Lanka and Australia back in 98-99 and uh, virtually every other series against Pakistan and Australia during the 90s who were two fantastic teams and we were very average. This could be the first time. Thank you so much for listening, guys. Let me know your comments about what you thought about the test match and what changes you would do for the fifth and final test match. Subscribe wherever you are. We'll catch you next time. Sports Social Podcast Network.